Okay, Tanner, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you bet. So for our listeners, just so you know a little bit about Tanner. Tanner is a, a father. He has had a career in, in law enforcement and a few different areas and currently, I believe, working as a detective. Um, and one of the secrets about Tanner that he may or may not tell you is that he is also a star former bass guitarist in a rock band, I believe. Um, so he, he's a man of hidden talent. So we're, we're glad to, to have you on. <laughs> well, hey, thank you for the uh, introduction. And as long as we're telling secrets about each other, I believe at one point in your life, you were ranked number two in the nation as like a courtesy clerk bagging groceries. Is that right? <laughs> that There is some truth. It was a mistake, but. Okay. All right. Yeah. Man, I, I haven't touched a bass guitar in years. So, but I, I'm uh, flattered that you remember that. Yeah, you should, you should pick it back up. What was the name of your band back in the day? We were called On the Morrow. On the Morrow. It's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Scriptural. Yes. Well, good, good stuff. Um, so one of the things I want to be able to talk about with you today, Tanner, is just about, you know, being a father and how to find purpose and meaning in, in fatherhood. Like life's crazy. It gets really hard. Um, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your experience. Like what's been helpful for you? What have been the things that you loved about being a father? What about the things that's like the moments like, why did I get myself into this again? Like, what am I doing? What's your experience been like? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I feel so underqualified to be a guest in, in this topic. Um, in preparing for this podcast, I listened to one of your previous guests, uh, and forgive me if I get his name wrong. I think it was Ben Colloy. Yeah. And he's just so charismatic and he's like a father coach and he's just so good. And I thought, man, uh, I got some big shoes to fill going after this guy. But I think that's what fatherhood is, right? Like there's no instructions. There's no guidebook. It's hard for everybody, um, regardless of what your background is. Some people might navigate it better than others, but there's going to be challenges along the way, but, and I think he touched on it or maybe you did. It's like we had a baby and we were so sleep deprived and life was so hard and diapers were so expensive. I never want to do that again. And then you do it again because you just love being a parent. And yeah, fatherhood has been great, man. I've got two kids. I've got a five-year-old boy. Um, he's constantly just blowing my mind with the things that he knows and the things that he does. And I have a, a one-year-old girl and she's just got so much personality and sass and she's not afraid of anything. And it's just so fun to watch them grow and to be there for them. I, I love it. Yeah. I think, you know, fatherhood is one of these unique things that it's like, you can have the most joyous and happy moments in your life. And then like two minutes later, it's like this panic or frustration, like, oh, what is happening? And it, it's like the same experiences all together. And it can be so confusing uh, as a parent. And then sometimes it's like things are going really well. Like I've just had this really fun interaction, like we went fishing or hiking or playing a game together, which is awesome. And then 
it's like, man, I just yelled at my kids. Like I, I suck as a dad, like, what am I doing? Um, and it, it's challenging to experience both of those, like you said, cause there's not a guidebook on how to, how to do this or what it should look like. It's, it's just kind of go as the flow in some ways you learn as you go. Yeah, absolutely. I've had that same experience, man, where I forget that they're one and five, you know, and they can frustrate you at a level that like a grown man can frustrate you at. And you, I've like responded to them like they are an adult, you know, and then I catch myself, you got to pull it back a little bit. But I mean, you, you nailed it perfectly. I, to give you an example, um, we just went to Virginia on vacation with the whole family and we were there for a week and it was like the best week ever. We had so much fun, man. We ate delicious food. We went to the beach. We went to a water park. The kids loved every second of it. We loved every second of it. And we were at one of those peaks of like parenting and fatherhood, man. I just, I loved it. I really did. Um, and then the flight home and it was just so bad the whole day. It was just horrible. Um, the first part wasn't so bad, but that second flight, it was just like wiped us both out. And we're just like looking at our kids, just not wanting to sit in their seats and whining and nothing will satisfy them. No matter how many yogurt covered raisins I give to the one-year-old, she's still fidgeting and yelling. And that's just how it's been. And there's going to be good times to follow. And we just look forward to those and, and, uh, love them. Yeah, it's a great, great example. And I think so. I, I'm a parent of young kids right now. My oldest is five. And so I take for granted sometimes how forgiving a five-year-old is, right? Like can make such a big stupid mistake or lose my patience sometimes. And then two minutes later, they've totally forgotten that they're giving you a hug. And I think to myself, like, man, like when you're 16, this isn't going to go this way, right? Like, yeah doors may be getting slammed like dad i hate you and i'm never talking to you again it's like oh like it it hurts and so like being able to stay grounded in those moments and by grounded i mean just like present and not like defining ourselves by like i'm a good dad or i'm a crappy dad by those instances it's challenging but um i think even more important as our kids get older because they're learning and growing and the reactions of a five-year-old can go from one end to the other in a second. And so can the reactions of a 17 year old. It just looks different for sure. Yeah. My son is so forgiving and uh, it's one of his greatest strengths. He will never hold anything against you, but it's funny because he also never forgets a thing and he'll like bring things up that will like haunt me like, Oh man. Um, and my wife as well. It was funny. One day she was helping him um, in the bathroom and he wasn't cooperating and she was getting frustrated with him. And he, she was trying to help him wash his hands and it was like a foam pump spray, you know? Yeah. And in the same moment she was mad at him, she was trying to put soap in his hands and the pump sprayer kind of like squirted out everywhere and he got soap in his eyes. And she didn't think anything of it other than like feeling bad and saying, sorry. Um, in the moment, but a few days later, he was talking to me about that experience. And he was like, yeah, mom was so mad at me that she sprayed soap in my eyes. And it just like, that was his perception of that event. And he like, really thought that that's what happened. But you know, he really thought that that's what happened, but he still loved her. Like he, like you said, he's so forgiving. 
and he was just like so happy to be her son and to have her as his mom um and he thought that she sprayed soap in his eyes because she was so mad at him and it was just cool to see that yeah he thought that happened but loved her unconditionally and like forgave her you know yeah for sure and like that the innocence and the perspective of a child like you you can learn such profound things from your your kids um and their their innocence right and it for me it's also helped me kind of reframe the way I see the world like sometimes just seeing things through the eyes of my child um or when they start to share things back like why did this happen or even when they just start like jumping into play it's it can be fun and interesting like and maybe this is like the curse of you know having your parent be a therapist but I remember I was playing with my daughter one day after a really long stressful day of work and she started walking me through like this mindfulness exercise like dad close your eyes and imagine you're something and take some deep breaths and like I was laughing in my head like oh no like is this what's happening but the other side is like it's kind of amazing that my five-year-old is able to do that and recognize that um and so there, there's so many just good lessons to learn like that innocence along the way of you know our kids sometimes the things we teach them we're not too proud of you know like I've had moments where I've had frustration and maybe a word slips out of my mouth and you know my daughter repeats it and I'm like oh no but then there's these other side where there's these positive moments that kind of balance things out and so uh, it it's kind of being patient with yourself I think but also being willing to learn and like own your own stuff with your kids like you don't have to be perfect and it's okay when we screw up as long as it's not like a really big screw up as a parent yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great perspective on that. Um, yeah, it can, can certainly be, be challenging. And um, one of the questions I'd have for you, Tanner, as well, is like having had a career in, in law enforcement, that can be a really stressful and difficult job. Um, and parenting's a stressful and difficult job. Uh, what are some ways that you've found, whether the challenges, the ways that you've been able to kind of invest in, in fatherhood and parenting, whether that's how you leave work at work or how, how have you been able to navigate those two areas to like find joy and meaning and being a father and, you know, being able to be present at home where sometimes there's a lot of stress at work as well? Yeah, good question. Um, it's definitely something that's a work in progress, you know, um, so you definitely leave work at work and that's easier said than done sometimes if you have a really hard day uh, it's going to be hard to just like clock off and go home and not think about the hard day that you just had you know so one of the things that I've done um, and I try to do with my kids is I give them something to look forward to for when I'm home you know Um, like as simple as we lived in an area that had a huge desert around our house and my son loved walking around that desert and looking for like golf balls and stuff because there was a golf course nearby and so I would tell him like hey when I get home I'm going to take you on a walk in the desert and we'll explore and he would have that to hang on to all day something to look forward to for me coming home and I would have that as well just kind of like in the back of my mind like I've set this as an expectation. And when I get home, I'm going to set apart that time to spend with my kid and to uh, 
online from work doing that with him. And it's always worked out really well. Um, he's always very excited about things like that. And he just will ask me about it nonstop. My wife will send me like Marco Polos of him, like, hey, are you going to be home soon? You know, I know he thinks about it throughout the day. So instead of dwelling on the fact that, hey, I'm not there for him, it gives him something to look forward to for when I am there with him. It also gives me something to look forward to as well um, as I'm going through the day. But yeah, I've just always made it a point to try to set a time aside when I get home to spend a little bit of time with the kids or a lot of time if I have it. Um, and it seems to, to be working for us pretty well doing that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Even the acknowledgement like that it's easier said than done to leave work at work. And I think that's true regardless of what the career field someone's in, whether it's like law enforcement, mental health, being an entrepreneur, like sometimes things are really stressful and things happen. And it's one thing to say that I clocked out and I'm going to walk home and that stress is just gone because the reality is it's not, it's, it's still there. Um, and being able to navigate that can be challenging and being able to get the support that we need with that can be helpful. And then, as you said, parenting wise, being able to give your kids something to look forward to. I, I, I like that, right. Something that they know I'm going to have this interaction with my dad and this can be meaningful and it's our time together, something they can look forward to. And also I think something that we can look forward to as, as parents and, and finding like even rituals or things set up to do, whether this is like once a month or on the weekend or a certain day, we know that there's, this is our time. We're going to go and do these activities. Um, I think that provides just some of those time because the reality is, is in fatherhood is that it's not one experience that's going to change your kid's life. <laughs> um, because if that was the case, then you know, we'd probably already be done being parents. <laughs> it's, you know, the countless number of small moments, the hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of interactions we have with our kids um, that'll make the difference in, in their life and, and in our life as, as well. So that's a great, um, great perspective you, you had on that. And as you've gone through kind of your own process with, um, you know, fatherhood and balancing career and all the different roles that you have in your life. If you were to reflect back and think like, what's one piece of advice that you wish that someone would have given you or something you wish you would have known, um, you know, five years ago going into fatherhood as opposed to like right now? Yeah. Uh, the gentleman that was in your previous podcast, he said, I believe that fatherhood is like 200 miles deep or something like that yeah. you know and that just like totally is so true um you're not going to figure it out right away and it's going to be really hard and i i you hear people say that but there's no possible way for them to like really prepare you for it so i guess if there was one piece of advice i could have had it was you know there's going to be some failures along the way and you're going to make mistakes as a father but like you said earlier, it's going to be okay. Kids are pretty forgiving, you know? Um, one thing, one piece of advice that was given to me was from my mom. And she, I believe she got it at some kind of training and you might know what it is, but she basically said that a kid has like a love tank, you know, and you can make like deposits into it and you can withdraw from it. And as long as like the positive moments 
outweigh the bad moments and you're continuously making these love deposits with attention and compliments and fun times and good memories, they're going to be fine. Um, and I'm not saying that those actions are going to excuse poor parenting, you know, but the little mistakes that you make along the way, they're going to be fine. Uh, love your kids, make memories with them, have fun, and it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true, right? Filling up the the love tank or emotional bank account, whatever terminology you want to use with that, basically helping your kids feel loved and know that kind of like they're worthy of love, that they can show love, they can receive love and things are going to be okay. Both because one, we're humans and humans make mistakes. And so we're going to make mistakes as parents. And also sometimes as parents, we have to hold boundaries with our kids or teach them things that they're not going to like. And it's not necessarily fun to do that as a parent, but whether it's for safety concerns or, you know, helping them understand like values and the importance of life and responsibility that's so important that in order for them to hear that, like they have to have had all those other moments with you. Otherwise, you know, they're just going to get frustrated and upset and kind of push away from you as well. And and I also like how you acknowledge too, that it doesn't excuse like poor parenting, right? Like abuse or neglect, like those, those are never okay. And if that's something that someone's struggling with, like reach out and get some help for you and for your kids. I know that can be scary, um, but it can be life-changing to get that help for you and for your kids, as opposed to life-changing in a negative way for you and for your kids if you don't, because the consequences will get, get bigger and bigger, as opposed to if you start investing in those moments um, with your in, with your kids. And I think that's something that's challenging for, you know, average day-to-day -day people to, to reflect on. And what I mean by that is like, we all have our own journeys and experiences. Like in some ways I think about life as like a chapter book, like chapter one from age zero to one, and then two grade school and three junior high, like, all these different experiences have taught us things like taught us values, what we like, what we don't like, who we are, who we're not like times we made really stupid mistakes, times that we had really bad things happen to us or had really good things. And they kind of all make up who we are. And that chapter, right, we can't go back and change the previous chapters of our book. But the great thing about it is, is that the next chapter is not written yet. The next sentence isn't written yet or the next page. So regardless of where we're at or what's happened, we can still write the rest of our story how we want it to be written. We can still improve how we are as parents. We can still, you know, change um, our goals, our family life, our career life, whatever it is, we can make the changes and be part of the change we'd want to see in, in the world. Like it's never too late to do that, whether you're, you know, 18 or you're 69, the next chapter is not not written yet we just have to decide what do we want to be on that next page and sometimes that's really scary like looking at that next blank page and thinking like I'm not happy where I'm at or you know what maybe I'm not the best dad in the world right now what do I want to change it can be scary to look at that and see that but also empowering when you start to do something different and that something doesn't have to be like I just moved to Europe because it that's what needed to happen. I had to get away. Sometimes it can just be like, 
I'm coming home 15 minutes earlier from work, or I'm going to turn my emails off when I get home to be more present, or I'm going to start going for a walk every night with my family. Sometimes those small things make the biggest difference, just as like those small moments with our kids, that's what actually makes the big difference in their life, not the trip to Disneyland or, you know, the vacation to the beach, but it's all these small moments along the way. And it's the same thing for us as parents is those uh, small moments um, that we have, those small changes that we make that start to shape who we are. And that's going to write the next chapters of our, our book as well. So I'm blabbing a lot, seeing a lot of psycho battles, <laughs> but as I, I'm going on, has there been any thoughts that's come up for you about this? I love, I love that advice about the chapter book and how the next chapter is not written. So going back to your previous question, that's the advice that I wish I had five years ago. I love it. Um, I think that we can have our kids involved in that too. Um, and I like how you wrap that up at the end, that it's not necessarily going to be the trip to Disney that makes the difference. It's the small things, you know. Um, one thing that my wife and I do is whether it's like at bedtime or at dinner, we try to engage in conversation with our kids and we'll ask them like, hey, what was the highlight of your day? What was the high? What was the low, you know? And it's so crazy because like we'll go do something like the splash pad and get donuts or whatever. And like you say, what was the highlight of your day? And it might be like uh, the piggyback ride in the living room, you know? And so it's just the little things. Um, you can you can plan these big extravagant activities and sure, they're going to have a lot of fun and it's going to be a blast for the whole family. But like you said, a lot of times it's just the little things, um, the piggyback rides down the hall that the kids remember the most at the end of the day. And that was like the most important moment for them that day. And so if you have those conversations with them and engage with them, you'll figure out what those small things are. And you can add more of those to your schedule. It's so easy to do those small things, you know, but to us, they're insignificant. It's just like, I didn't even remember that piggyback ride until dinner time when he mentions it, you know? So the things that stood out to me where you're talking is just engage the kids and you'll figure out those things. They'll tell you, they'll tell you what those small things are and uh, it'll give you opportunities to implement those into the next chapter, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I like how you brought up, like even asking your kids, like what was the highlight of your day? And, and when they feel comfortable and young kids generally will, and if you can build that relationship with their younger. So when you ask that question when they're 15, and they'll still tell you, right? That that's going to be awesome. And on the other side too, it can be asking, what was the low light of your day? What was something that was really hard about your day today that was challenging? And that doesn't mean like as parents that we have to necessarily fix or solve or change that. Cause maybe it's like the soap got squirted in my face, right? Whatever it is that you can just listen to it. Maybe this need to be heard, or maybe it is like a frustration they had with us or something at school that we also didn't know, like, oh, I didn't know when I did this, that was bothering you, or you didn't like that. Like, I can work on it. I can change that. I'll stop wearing that hat that bothers you, <laughs> but not really because right. it's my favorite hat, right? So <laughs> it can be be tricky, I guess. But yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act in a lot of ways. Yeah, we try to include our kids in those, in those conversations and, and let them know that it's okay to to talk to us, you know, um, 
and at this young age, like you said, I really hope, man, that at 15, we can still have these conversations and they'll be a little bit more advanced, you know, and maybe the low part of their day is going to be a little bit more complicated than just not getting the dessert I wanted, you know, but starting these conversations early, I hope is laying the, the, the groundwork for having these relationships with our kids um, in the later years, you know, of their life and that they know that they can talk to us always. Um, and going back to like the setting time apart for your kids and coming home from work, um, something you said made me think of another time where I am open with my kids is like, hey, if I'm not feeling good or if I had a hard day, like I can tell them that. Um, I've had a really good response from that. Like he's really respectful of that um, that space and he will leave me alone and we'll find other things to do. And, uh, I, I like that. I like having those important conversations with the kids so they know that, Hey, we can talk, we can communicate, we can be open with each other. And we usually get a pretty good response. Yeah. I, I think that's in general, but there's kind of more of the stereotype with fathers like this macho tough. I got everything put together. I can't show my emotions which just isn't true. Like, as you're saying, like, and when we are able to be appropriately vulnerable with our kids, right. Um, not like all of a sudden dump all our problems on them, but be able to say, Hey, today was a hard day at work. I actually have a migraine right now and I can barely think straight. Or even as they get older and some of the problems become, start to become more complex, like I'm getting bullied at school or, you know what? I just, I drank this past weekend and I don't know what to think about that or you know I did x y and z um we don't have to necessarily divulge everything that we've ever done in our life to our kids but at the same time it can be appropriate to say like I, I get you and I see you and I've I've been there before not make it about us but like yeah I, I've experienced bullying in my life before or I made a mistake that I regretted and I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue doing it or not. And if your kids, like if they have that relationship where they can actually open up and share those things with you, they're coming to you with that. That's awesome. <laughs> number one, but then number two, be able to kind of validate that, that we don't have to like hide from our kids. Like it's okay to be real with them and let them know like that we have emotions, that life's real and that it can be okay because in some ways we're their role model in many ways we are right their example to be able to see like oh if you got through it or dad really that was you like <laughs> you were in a rock band i had no idea like yeah that was me <laughs> right and it can all of a sudden change this relationship where now that we've been vulnerable it helps them feel more comfortable to be vulnerable and actually maybe open up to some of our advice where a 15 year old 16 year old they don't want to listen to what their parents are telling them generally not always but when it gets to tough things, sometimes parents are the last people they want to talk to. And it's their friends or whoever's got influence in their life. Hopefully it's a good person at that point that they're, you know, kind of tuned in into more. So it's a great insight, Tanner. Well, you're giving hope for the future because I've got plenty of uh, mistakes and bad examples to draw from <laughs> for like the kids they get old. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? Don't we all? Update on the rock band, by the way. It didn't go anywhere, so. Hey, <laughs> that's okay. 
That's okay. Neither did the courtesy quirk stuff. So, <laughs> well, I think that you're uh, probably better off doing what you're doing now. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Yeah, absolutely. Now, well, this, this has been a good conversation. Is there anything else you'd want to share? You know, I, I just appreciate you bringing me on. Um, I, I've really enjoyed your insights and uh, your knowledge. And I've enjoyed all the podcasts leading up to this one. You definitely have a fan. And I'll be listening in the future. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, you, you bet. Um, it's been good to have you on, Tanner, and to connect. And, you know, we, anyone listening to this, right, you, you have a story that matters. You have an experience that, that matters. Um, and sometimes just being able to share a little bit, bit of your experience um, can be life-changing. It can be really impactful for you. Um, so, Tanner, I hope this is helpful for you and for those listening as well. Um, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely.